Today's gospel is a bit long, but there is something really simple about it, actually. At the beginning, he's going to introduce it, and that introduction is the key. If you miss it, you won't get anything else that comes after it. The central point that comes after is that parable that hopefully you heard when I was reading, that one where you are this servant waiting for the master to come. Basically speaking about the end of your life, right now you're waiting for that end. The second coming of Christ or Christ coming for you will happen like a thief in the night. And is it likely that he will find you ready, prepared? Or is it likely that you will be, as he says here, abusing of the maidservants, the men servants, taking advantage of your time, acting as if he's never going to come, as if judgment will not fall upon you? All too often today, when thinking about it, we take the teeth out of the gospel by pretending like judgment will not come and hell is not real. It's important to recognize there is hell. And we are fighting for our salvation. But that's not the heart of what this gospel is saying. He's saying... I've already confided in you a great secret. It's a great responsibility. Are you carrying it out today? That secret is what you will be judged upon. And he says what that is. He says, There is no need to be afraid, little flock, for it has pleased your Father to give you the kingdom the kingdom is the secret. And he's already given it to you on this earth. Do you realize that is such an amazing thing? That God is actually here, present, right now. And so that secret goes on. The responsibility has been given to you to sell all your possessions and to give alms. Alms in Greek is the key word and this is the word that unlocked this gospel passage for me. It's one word and in Greek it actually is a much more beautiful word. When I think of alms in English I think of giving money to the poor. But that's not the Greek word. The Greek word is much larger. It is rooted in the word mercy. And essentially, it would be something like acts of mercy. Having done acts of merciful love for others. And so, what he says is if you want to be the good and faithful steward that when the master comes, he finds his house ready and tidy. Then you need to sell all your possessions 
and live for one thing and one thing alone, love. But love is a, not a cool word today. It's too abused and misused. So I would rather speak of sacrifice. I would rather speak of take all that you are and lay down your life for your friend. I look at my own life, and the older I get, and I'm not old, I'm still young, but the older I get, and I think it's generally true for all of us, the more I am aware that I have a lot of wounds. When I was young, I didn't realize so much. What we do in this life actually matters. And how do I make up for all the errors, all the things I've done? How do you? If I look at all the spiritual authors and pretty much anyone who's worth their salt, all of them said that to make up for a billion errors, the only real way is love, a true act of love, a true act of love. But again, I don't like that word because it's too interpreted in bad ways. So I would say, if you want to make up for all the errors of this world and all of your own, if you want to repent and convert, then you need to sell all your possessions and give alms. And I do mean it quite literally. Unfortunately, to do that intelligently, it's not as easy as just selling everything and giving it away. That would be too easy, because then you're done. And then you have the rest of your life to spend. And what do you do then? And what do you do then? And after that? How do you lay down your lives for your friends every single day of your life? How does your life become an act of love? I would immediately say, you have to have an interior life. You have to pray. You have to cultivate a relationship with God. That much is obvious. But even more, you can't just sit on the sidelines and say, I have a relationship with God. You have to sell everything you own and give it to the poor. In other passages in the gospel, the same gospel, the gospel of Luke, you'll find that the priests walk by the poor man or the man on the side of the road. But it was the Samaritan that picked him up. Concretely, that would be what we're getting at. How do you sacrifice? 
If you took the newsletter, on the newsletter, on the front page, right on the bottom, we quoted John Chrysostom, St. John Chrysostom, that is. And we're going to most likely try to always give you a father of the church commenting on these passages, one of the great saints, in other words, one of the beginning of the church. And this time, it says, you honor this altar indeed. And he's speaking of this one, the one right here, in the church. Because it receives the body at the Eucharist. So we honor it. We bow to the altar. We kneel to the Eucharist. But the poor man who is himself the body of Christ, you treat with scorn. And when perishing, you neglect. You can see this altar lying around everywhere, both in streets and in marketplaces. And you can sacrifice upon that altar of the poor man every day, every hour. You can sacrifice. Your life can become not so much about you, but about how you can lay down your life for your friend. And that is your sacrifice. For on this too, meaning upon my brother, my sister, a sacrifice is performed. Like this altar... So we have the altar of the other person. And the other person is a school of how I can love. The problem often is that we get too caught up in our own lives. We end up becoming like chickens with our heads cut off. We go from entertainment, such as Netflix, to work, to doing this thing and then doing that thing. And we never really realize that right here and right now, I have a chance. I have an opportunity in the present moment to love. And so our life passes by and our only regret will be that we didn't take that time to love and to love with all of our hearts. So, when the Master comes, will he find his servant ready? Will he find his servant laying down his life for his friend, offering sacrifice upon the altar of the poor, of the other, Today, the poor is not so much, well, it is also the poor poor, but it's not as much that as it is that person that annoys you, the cousin or the brother that gets on your nerves. To love them all the more. And so we ask that God might guide us so that we might be ready and that we might let go of everything else, hence the selling of the possessions, 
and give all that we are so that the other person might become this offering to God our Father.